0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the Fateful and for the Fateful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce.
1: Hey, David. How's your vacation going?
0: Uh, you're cutting in and out, Bruce. So I have a, I'm on a, I'm on a vacation here. I uh, mm-hmm. got some shaky internet going on where I'm at, so we'll see how this works, Bruce. Hopefully this yep. is going to work, yep. but you're Fair freezing enough. up already, and uh, we'll see how it okay. works.
1: Hopefully the audio works, and uh, they all know what we looked like by now. So,
0: Yeah, this is kind of iffy, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just try it for a few minutes and see if it works or not. Okay. okay. So let's talk about Darnell Nurse Bruce. Let's. Big signing today. Yeah, I'll say. It's a shocking amount of money, like, honestly. nine nine <laughs> point 9.25 million over eight years.
1: Times eight. That years. is
0: a lot of money. It's more than any of us. It's more than any, like, a, a month ago. hmm Yeah. A month ago, if anyone had said this um, this amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, no one would have believed it. So, but things change fast in the NHL.
1: Yeah, they sure do. And once they do, you know, it's like uh, it's like the old snowball rolling downhill, right? That stuff uh, it picks up steam pretty fast. And before you know it, you go from one uh, one sort of uh, breakthrough contract, and the next thing you know, there's copycats all around. The league, right? I mean, Seth Jones—he got signed to that 9.5 million dollar contract, and then since then, there's been three other guys fairly comparable to Seth Jones, at least for where they're at in their career and so on, and uh, and uh, Zach Wierenski and Dougie Hamilton and now uh, Darnell Nurse, each signing very long-term contracts for nine plus million dollars huge huge money but for defensemen by previously Uh, existing standards there were very few nine million dollar contracts until this month
0: yeah and this amount of money over time like it really has starts to add up you start to have capital implications like one of the reasons the orders got Zach Hyman for instance is because the Toronto had all these big contracts like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: with Marner and Matthews and Tavares now they're all over 10 million right right But we're getting close to that with Drysaddle and McDavid and Nurse, not this coming year, but the year after. And that's why Hyman shook loose from the Leafs. And um, yeah, like if players like I'm like, I'm worried down the road of Holloway and Bouchard and Broberry work out that um, there's going to be repercussions. Pulley, R.V. Yamamoto, that they won't be able to keep all those players. They just won't, Bruce, is the truth. If they Mm -hmm. really work out, if all those players really work out, there just isn't going to be the money. That is a worry for another day, though. Of course, it's yet to happen. So, um, I looked at uh, I looked at these kind of contracts, Bruce, and and uh, what did I find here? It's, I think there's 15 defensemen in the NHL earning more than eight million a year. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, and uh, when you look at those deals,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, when you look at those deals, a number of those deals haven't worked out very well. Um, Eric, Eric Carlson, mm-hmm. Drew Doughty, um, you know, Drew Doughty's still a pretty good player. Carlson's okay, uh, Carlson's- but I think both those teams, yeah. Significant overpays, uh, Oliver ekman Larson, obviously a real overpay there. Jacob Truba, $8 million a year. I think they view that as an overpay in uh, New York. Seems and like P.K. P.K. Subban, P.K. Subban really oh. didn't work out either over time. So that's uh, five of the 15 and and five and the, you know, the other ones are so new. Ransky, Seth Jones, Makar, uh, Dougie Hamilton, it's kind of hard to tell, you know, and then on the kind of on the bubble that are kind of working out, um, you know, you could say John Carlson in Washington, Brent Burns in San Jose until now, at least, mm-hmm. I don't know what they think of Thomas Shabbat in Ottawa if they're getting full value there. Peter Angelo in Las okay. Vegas is a good signing, I think. Uh um, the being Roman works. Yossi and um in Vegas. But it's kind of a it's kind of um a little bit iffy, eh? It's a little iffy on these long term contracts with some of these guys that tend to get this kind of money.
1: Well, yeah, especially when you're gambling six and seven and eight years down the road. I mean, I don't have to to uh what do you think? Uh, remind you or our listeners. Uh, of any further than Oscar Kleffbaum of what can happen to even a really good contract where you sign a guy long-term at, at uh, $4 million and change and you think you're set for a long time and then the guy goes and gets hurt and all of a sudden you're left with uh, a problem, you know, that, you know, the contract, at least it's not like huge money that's sinking the salary cap, but it's still... Even that good contract has ca- caused them all kinds of grief just in their salary cap management this year. So you're always taking risks when you go that deep on a player. And in the case of uh, Darnell Nurse, I mean, he's going to be, what, 35 years old at the end of this puppy, or 34 at least? I think 34 turning 35 in 2030. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that's a long way down the road. On the other hand, uh in between uh, the end of his entry-level contract and now they got him at uh, cut rates on two contracts where they paid him, you know, a bridge deal for less than what they would have been paying if they'd have gone deep with him originally. So you got to take those in, in uh, into account. The order's got some excellent, relatively cheap years out of Darnell Nurse, and he's... Um, He's done nothing but outperform his contracts to this point, but he's got a hell of a job on his hands. To outperform nine point two five million. Earth to David. <laughs> he froze on my screen. First, you're
0: fading in and out. Like oh, okay. I, I can only hear you. I can. It's your 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 commentary. So I'm, what I'm hoping is that somehow
1: it's getting recorded. maybe
0: skype is picking up at your end right. it's getting recorded and what mm-hmm. i'm hearing isn't what's going to be uh recorded um i have right. uh well give it a with. listen before
1: you <laughs> give it a listen before you publish it and if oh, not uh, fit to listen to then i guess we'll just go without
0: Okay. yeah i and that cut I and
1: not <laughs> also cut in and out so yeah no I'm you're freaking we'll see, I, what happen. we'll see what's here, happening
0: so. we may have to re-record it tomorrow uh i'm going to be in a different place with oh, better events. Okay. so maybe we can do it then but we'll, we'll 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 just continue on for a few minutes and see what we sure. get out of this maybe it'll work
1: okay.
0: bruce um you know there's a on the here's so here's the plus side you know they're trying to win a cup they're trying to win a cup in the next few years they need a number one D-man. They're trying to win a cup. They need a number one D-man. Um, they, this is their best bet for that. You know, where are they going to get a player to replace? If they didn't sign Darnell, where are they going to get a player to replace him in the next three or four years? Good luck with that. And um, he has consistently improved. If you're going to, like, you know, he, he's got to, like, to earn this contract, he's got to get better. The interesting thing about him is he's 26 and he's gotten better pretty much every year every year so there is that uh, there is that chance that that will happen and um, the other thing I like about it is the contract doesn't end when he's 30 31 if he had signed a four-year deal that would have been the case no. um, and if, he, if that had been the case he might have signed an eight-year deal when he was 30 or 31 like Brent Seabrook did right. and so th- this takes him right through his peak and near peak seasons. Mm-hmm. He'll be he'll be done as a near peak player by thirty four thirty five I think. Hopefully he'll make it that well, far. Know. If he Dun- does, Duncan you Keith know that's great.
1: So Keith is still a peak player at 38. This is just one more kind of uh,
0: bet on the near term that might mm-hmm. have negative, really negative long term consequences. And and if they if they win a cup, of course, there's going to be lots of players to sign, and that's going to be a problem again because of all these big contracts now with Nurse and Drive Settle and make David sure leading the way?
1: Well, the three of them, $30.25 million starting in 2022-23, 20, when, when Nurse's contract kicks in. So that's $10 million each for three players, uh, taking you know the top nearly 40% off of your salary cap. And then you've got the rest to divvy up among twenty guys to make up your twenty three man team. And you're going to run out of dollars pretty fast. In fact, we've already seen that this summer. Uh, even without this new nurse contract kicking in, you know the orders had a lot of cap space, and before you knew it, they didn't have any cap space. It was done. And I guess the debate rages yeah. as to how much they improved the team with that money. There are some encouraging signs. I mean, um, Dom Decision from The Athletic, he wrote a post about all the off-season moves of the teams, and he tried to sort of take um, uh, this circumstances out of it and simply model which teams had improved themselves the most simply by who came in and who came out of their team. And he had Everton ranked second out of 32 teams for the most improved in the NHL. This is Dom Decision many Oilers fans think is an Oilers hater, but he just trusts his mathematical models, and those models don't always like the Oilers. Well, this one does. So there there are reasons to be uh, optimistic
0: the analytics show um Fogle you know the analytics you know, shot shot metrics that he puts a lot of faith in show Hyman and to, and Fogle to be good players right so it's not surprising that he'd be um on board with those moves he should be right if he believes in in those numbers and he does he's just following the he's just right. following those numbers so right. um those same analytics don't make Keith and uh Cody Ceci. Well, well, there's some question about Cody Ceci. How do, how do, the, how do the, just the shot metrics make him look, Bruce? Well, uh,
1: just uh, so-so. I mean, he's done better since he went to Toronto and Pittsburgh the last two years than he was in Ottawa. And I think we see with defensemen generally, especially defensemen, that their, um, uh, their shot shares are often a function of their teams because they play with all the different forwards over the course of time, at least on both teams they do. And this is where the Darnell Nurse experiment is interesting in that in his, what turned out to be his platform season, they gave him an abundance of time playing with the very top players on the team as a five-man unit. So we don't know to what to what extent that influenced Nurse's numbers for the better. Whereas most guys like Thomas Shabbat, he would be spending time with the first, second, third, and fourth lines. And if it's a bad team, he's probably going to be at 45 percent, no matter, no matter where you know he's at as exactly. a player. So yeah. it, it's. Uh, I looked at the shot shares. Um, I did two posts this week where I, was, where I looked at the uh, some of the underlying stats of the three New Oiler forwards, and then another one on the three defensemen. Uh, two of whom are new, and the other one they re-signed in Tyson Barry. And the shot shares were very promising for the forwards, less so for the defensemen, but more mixed up for the defensemen. Um, and I think it was because those guys are moving around between teams. And then I did I did a whole bunch of work for my post last night on Darnell Nurse, uh, comparing him to the other three guys that we just talked about that were signed, right? Wierenski, jo- Seth Jones, and uh, uh, Hamilton, and the the comparisons, like I didn't bother publishing it because it didn't really t- tell me anything useful. You know, the guys that played on good teams, namely Dougie Hamilton, he had great shot shares. Nurse had pretty good. He was on a pretty good team. The other two guys were on terrible teams, and they had terrible shot shares. And I was thinking, you know, it's just, it just told me that Columbus Blue Jackets had a bad team, even with Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, both on it. Uh, but what does that tell me about Seth Jones and Zach Werenski? I'm not sure. <laughs> the Blue Jackets just had a terrible team. Well, that's this
0: is my this is my whole idea about shot point. shares. This and is I, this is what they do, right? So this mm-hmm. is what, especially with defensemen. Like I just yes. think they reflect they reflect. Um, now you know you you could have a player possibly who's good enough to really impact the mm-hmm. shot shares of weak players, like raise them up. Like let's say Chris Pronger in his prime. You know, I, I think that he could, some players might be good enough, like if you surround them with mediocre players, you might actually get really good shot shares, but um, I just generally think they reflect the quality of the teammates and, uh, you know, as a, you know, also taking into account the quality of the opposition. It's, there, there, There's this strange balancing act, these numbers between mm-hmm. those two things, and it's actually yeah. hard to know where one starts and the other yeah. one ends. And where the individual is in all of that, well, good luck, especially with defensemen. I actually think the shot shares are a little bit more um, for forwards, especially like the goal, like, uh, you know, X goals for Corsi for Fenwick for all like Mm -hmm. the four numbers. Forwards can, I think, I think they can have an impact on that.
1: Well, Dougie Hamilton uh, sure had great numbers. Dougie Hamilton had wonderful – he was like 57% in everything, from car seat to high danger chances to expected goals to actual goals. 57%. But whether that was him or whether that was Carolina, you know, I mean, obviously he's good, and the defense is a big reason why Carolina is good. But it's – it just left me kind of scratching my head as to what it meant. So, this time around, I I just sort of – took a pass from trying to explain it because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do it.
0: I mean, my take on Nurse is, like, he 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 is—he has become a, quite a fine offensive hockey player. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's always been good transporting the puck. He showed a little bit more composure with the puck, holding the puck, making plays with it, you know, and he's got a good shot. Um, he's a dynamic and explosive attacker who can join the rush and, and get some results. Like, he, he's, uh, he's a direct hockey player. He gets the puck, he goes to the net, and he slaps it home. You know and and uh you know there's some questions about his uh, high shooting percentage this year which are fair questions i'm a little you know i'm not in love honestly bruce with his defensive play like I, I think he's a good defender but against tough competition um he's not adam larson he's not as good as adam larson on defense right now adam larson is, i thought was a much better shutdown d-man nurse is actually pretty good it's hard to play mm-hmm. against those players all the time and nurse and larson tend to so yeah. I'm not saying nurse is bad. I just think he's kind of, you know, he's kind of like where Clefbaum was. He was okay at it. I -hmm. don't see him though as an elite shutdown defenseman, um, defensively. And I think actually that's the next step he has to take, you know, in the past, some of his reads have been bad. He's been kind of, he's been a bit of a wanderer in the defensive zone. And, um, I think that was, we saw less of that last year. Um, but I do think just his, just his one-on-one defensive fundamental play, um, he gets beat now and then, and it's, to me, it's kind of surprising because he's got all the tools. Mm -hmm. Of course, every defenseman gets beat now and then, but just, just, he gets beat more than a guy like Larson did. And, um, if, if Nurse was to take that step up Mm -hmm. and become that defender, um, who just hardly just, you know gets beat as little as any other d-man right. in the nhl against tough competition he's got that potential and if he does he will earn that money he, he will be that player because that player essentially is chris pronger i mean right. you know someone with nurses nurses is a pretty good attacker right now he does need to improve his defensive play that's how i see it
1: oh uh-huh. well yeah he is a good attacker i mean this is not just last year. Like I'm reading in place. Well, he had one good year and he cashed in on it. And this is not true. He had at least four good years yes. offensively. He's led the Oilers in goals uh, from the blue line four years in a row. Uh, he led him in assistant points the first two of those years. And then the last two, because he hasn't played the power play. And because Clefbaum and Barry have played the power play. They got more points than him, but not more goals. And uh, he's uh, like I did his ranking over the last uh Three years, first in games played, fifth in ice time, first in even strength ice time, fifth in goals, seven in points. This is league wide, fourth in shots, five in individual scoring chances, fifth in individual expected goals. Out of hundred and eighty six defensemen in the league, six per team. And and single digit, you know, top top 10 in every one of those categories of course that's not all the categories you could list a million categories but it wasn't like i was cherry picking looking for ones that he did good in these are the same categories i've been using all week and comparing other players and it just jumps out and he's had uh, his shooting percentage over three years 6.24 percent 29th among defensemen so pretty good but you know, over a sustained period of time, you know, that's still a number one defenseman. Anybody in the top thirty one is arguably a number one defenseman. And that was the worst of any of his stats, was 29th. And that was the uh, shooting percentage. So I mean offense. these are all sort of offensive or offensive type puck control type stats, but but he looks good time and again in on the, in the individual stuff. Like he makes stuff happen. Look look where
0: he came from too. I remember like five, six years ago, um, like 2015, 16, even 2016, 17. Mm -hmm. He was not putting up the points. Like he was, Mm -hmm. he was a marginal kind of attacking player at that point. He could carry the puck fast, but he'd, you know, he'd make the same play. He'd get it to center ice and then dump it in uh, or he'd get it over the blue line and then dump it in or circle the net and not pass it to anybody. Like he's not that player on the attack anymore. So it is kind of a you know so do hockey players improve at the NHL level? We, we have seen it before our own eyes right. with Darnell Nurse, and uh, so if that continues on the attack, like if we see even more composure with the puck, mm-hmm. and we see uh, sounder defensive fundamentals, um, mm-hmm. that'd be good news uh, for the Oilers on this on this big contract. And Bruce, the reason I'm okay with it is. You know they really do have to win in the next three or four years with McDavid. I mean, they, there's just no doubt about it. This is this is the window. So let's start winning. And you can't like I would have preferred a four-year contract for like for ten mm-hmm. million a year, like overpay on a, on the shorter term, personally. But um,
1: but that takes tomorrow. They, they got them. They got You know, this cap. is
0: one of these hometown heroes. They've got locked up
1: for 15 years, David. He's committed the first 15 years of his uh, of his professional career, of his life's work, to playing in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, I think he deserves at least a little bit a smidgen of respect for that. I mean, all there's a lot of shit talking going on about Darnell Nurse, and I'm kind of a little bit sick of it. I mean, things worked out for him. Like, the timing for this uh, thing, it couldn't have been better. There are people who justifiably for years have been saying that next contract is really going to hit hard. And at that time is now. And yes, it did. And just the, t- the tumblers fell in place for him with the Jones signing, with all these other ones in front of him. And the Oilers really needing to work this out this summer. There's no way they wanted this dragging over them all next season. Can you imagine the distraction we'd be having? How many headlines would we write next year? Nurse's contract not signed yet. What's going to happen in June 30th? Uh, you know, and and uh, it would be it wouldn't be good for the team. And uh, so it's. Better to have it yeah. resolved right when he signed a two-year extension that took him to uh, took him to the cusp of free agency. My take was they'll let him play the first year, but they got him under contract, for it, so they don't have the pressure of having to sign him next contract. But they want or next summer, but they want to sign him next summer before that last year, so it's dealt with, and they did. So, but the timing worked out great for him. That he really made a windfall of probably uh, I'd say one point five million more than I was expecting yeah so times you know, you know
0: fundamental <laughs> yeah time's <eight>. a <laughs> fundamental of that critique though Bruce like is this this warning that he's going to get this big contract mm-hmm. Fundam- I think embedded in that critique is the idea that this he's not going to be this good going forward like they think okay. this is people yeah. people who make that critique isn't part of it like well he, he's had this career year He's cashing in on it. He's not going to be. He's not going to be like this again. Like in terms of his off- offensive numbers. So, so I mean, other because he could easily have a good if he if he keeps having years like this on the attack. That's a nine million dollar defenseman. And and the fact is, if he had played more on the power play, he could easily have ten more points this year. His power play points per per oh, yeah. sixty was not lower than Barry's. It was similar, uh, if I recall correctly. He just didn't get and, much time. Uh, he didn't get much time, so he could easily had 10, 15 more points if he had been the top power play guy. And, and so, you know, I I don't, is he going to regress or is he going to keep getting better? And that's, that's, where, that's where this contract either works out or it doesn't. If he keeps improving like we always thought he would. I mean, a lot of the people now complaining about the contract, Bruce, would have had Darnell Nurse traded out of Edmonton three or four years ago. And, you know, Maybe they'll be proven to be right. Maybe this contract will be a major disaster for the Oilers. But um, on the other hand, it's kind of something to celebrate about a player who has gotten better every single year mm-hmm. and has worked his way to be a true number one D-man. I don't think anyone can say he's not. I think that would be. Oh, people you know, can because fair, they do. But it's not a fair comment. Like, I, I it's, it's not rooted in reality, at least for last season. He was a number one D-man last year, in, <clears> you know. In, and um, it, by NHL, you know, it was, how could he not? He, he's how could he not be considered to be in the top twenty, top fifteen, you know, uh, uh, at the outside and and uh, for NHL Demon this past year, he he just simply was. So
1: Well these past three years, he's played more ice time yeah. and even strength than any other defenseman or any other player in the National Hockey League. How is that not a number one? Like you're deluding it's, yourself if you're saying that's both- a three four.
0: We both like him, Darnell. We're both Darnell Nurse fans. Yeah, that's fair. He's we are. growing, it's and, he, okay. you know,
1: I mean, to, to some extent, a big contract is something to be celebrated in the sense that here's a player that yes. actually has done his job and earned the big ticket and earned it, you know. I mean, he earned his chance to, for the big payday, and we can grouse about how big the payday is versus what we think his value is. And, you know how you know, the whole idea ultimately is you have to outperform your cap hit to help your team win you don't just have to be a good player on the ice but you got you have to justify yeah. because it's you know yeah, that's the currency that the game is played game. in right and it's uh uh but i mean he's been he's been a workhorse for years he's uh, he hasn't missed any games you know he's been uh uh and he's got uh, he's reached that point where it was uh, time to pay him and he got paid and you know <laughs> One another criticism I've heard, and you know some justification. Like I thought Leon's 8.5 million might be the upper limit where they kind of try and set the yeah, team me too. the team limit, not at Connor's salary, but at Leon's. You know, Tampa's Tampa's yeah. done it, 9.5 million. That's the top they go in Tampa. Uh, and uh, Hedman got it, and then Kucherov got it, and then uh, oh, nice. uh, Vasilevsky got it, and they all got the same, 9.5. They didn't go above that, so I thought maybe 8.5, but there's huge differences. I mean, Leon signed that after his entry-level contract. He had four RFA years to go and four, um, four UFA years on the eight-year deal that he signed. The salary cap at that time was 75 million. It's gone up to 81.5 million. Nurses played all the way through his RFA years. He played two years at 3.2. He played two years at 5.6. Now he's getting paid. But if you say Leon in the first eight years after his ELC, he got the sixty-eight million dollar contract. Well, nurse in the first eight years after his ELC, when you add all those contracts up, it's something like fifty-four point six million, so considerably less than Dry Saddle, but just he's ramped up because they signed him to these short contracts rather than going deep on the very first opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well we'll see. Well we shall see, Bruce. It's uh are you so are you generally okay with it? Like, what, what 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 percentage? Like, let's say at the end of eight years, we're gonna look back at this contract. What percentage odds do you think there are that, that this will work? That will say, hey, that was a good deal for the Oilers. That that were that was a good idea. What would you? What percentage would you give that?
1: Well, I'll say the same thing about it that I would say and did say about the Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract and Zach Hyman contract. It's really the first four and five years of the eight that were most concerned with uh if things fall apart and leon connor leave town in the mid 2020s nurses residual contract will be the least of our concerns what we want to do is try and win now but the argument is by overpaying nurse now uh you know by paying more than than the critics think that he's worth his value against cap like he's taking too much of the cap and it hurts the rest of the team you're frozen, David. I can see oh, myself. Oh, there we are. Anyway, I just gave a soliloquy on uh, on why the first four years are more important than the last four, or the first five years are more important than the last three.
0: Well, Bruce, I don't think this podcast works, so let's cut it okay. off here. And All right. We'll, 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 we'll return it. to it. Uh, yeah, I'll bet it. If it doesn't work, I'll just call you tomorrow and we'll, we'll try sure. again. But if it did, I'll post this. We'll see. I... Uh, I have a feeling this didn't work But Teddy, We'll see. Thanks for talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy your time in the mountains, too.
0: Thanks. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for trying. Let's see what happens here.